You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. organization and he has an addiction for contradiction from suplex city bitch yo 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 let me speak on this what's good what's good how's everybody doing today what's going on mr padro i know you've been having a hard time the last couple of weeks how you feeling brother i'm feeling i'm feeling good today uh for those that don't know uh i hit my head uh at my day job caught a concussion wound up with nine staples in my head um been getting some bouts of dizziness and uh, I actually fainted the other day. I'm Ugh. dealing with a little post concussion syndrome right now. But um, right now, today, on uh, Father's Day, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. Um, you know, no headaches, no dizziness. Uh, yesterday, I got a little uh, tired while I was just doing some like regular ass shit around the house. So it's something that I'm gonna have to deal with for a little bit. But uh, you know, I'm gonna be all right, man. I'll be fine. Well. I hope you're feeling better. Um, and happy Father's Day to you, bro. Thank you, man. Unfo- Thank you. Unfortunately, Leo can't make it, but um, we're here. We're here. We're uh, returning, and we're going to talk about some wrestling. Um, not so good stuff happening in the world right now, Sam. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people are speaking out right now, and boy, it is not good for a, a lot of people. And, you know, shame on them, you know. To start it off, you know, um, and, you know they they're the ones that, that their actions are, are are causing these people to to speak out. Um, man, it's just it's a lot to get into. Mario, where where did this begin? Because off off air, you know, I've been kind of out of it. Hey, off air, I've been giving you a congratulations left and right. Yes, because I don't really know what's really happening. I'm asking you. What what's happening? What happened with Matt Riddle? What what's going on with with Kaylee Kylie Ray or Kay, I don't even know. I don't know what's going on, Mark. Keep keep me informed. Go go. Where did this all begin? All right. So I, I'm gonna need a drink for this for me to get started. So you know, give me a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hashtag it's Red Bull time. Ah man. All right. This all started on Wednesday. So. David Starr, independent wrestler, uh, he's very, I don't know if liberal is the right word to use. He's hes always on the good side, if you will, if that makes any sense. He's always talking about, like, um, wrestling needs to have a union. He talks about all the 
all the the shit that's happening in the world with the Black Lives Matter, and he's in support of the gay community, and then uh, he's Jewish, so he also talks about like all the nonsense that, that that's happening all over the world. All right, so he's for the most part, unless like you're one of these like political figures or you know in favor on the right side, he's pretty well liked, but due to his views, he's kind of been, I wouldn't say blacklisted, but he's kind of been um, pushed over for some of these bigger companies, if that makes any sense to you. All right? Yeah, if, I, if I remember correctly, we ran into him in front of the garden. Right, and, uh, and he was and and he was protesting uh, Sinclair Broadcasting. Yeah, yeah. So all in all, before this all occurred, we looked at him almost like he's a good brother. Yeah, right? he's a good dude. He was a good dude. And then on Wednesday, pretty much, this all started Wednesday, and then it was just kind of like a, a snowball effect, where more and more shit started coming out. So, um, this chick under the the Twitter handle Slay Mysterio, right? Um, I believe her name is Tori. It might be short for Victoria. She came out saying that she had a relationship with uh David Starr and. She kind of said a lot of fucked up things, right? A lot of allegations towards David Starr that that they weren't good at all. That were very suspect. Um, you know, uh, apparently they were in a relationship back like in twenty sixteen, if I'm not mistaken. And it was just, it was very not good allegations and that makes any sense and, and i'm being very careful with my words because i don't want to go into details of everything of a lot of these allegations because i think i don't know i don't know if this makes any sense but as a man i feel kind of weird kind of repeating some of this stuff if that makes any sense like it you know these allegations kind of make us look like assholes to be honest with you <laughs> yeah well, I, I don't really know what he was uh, accused of but man that that's terrible you know what i mean i did and it, now what you're saying is this has caused somewhat of a snowball effect. Right. So, when so, this, so with the so with the out. David Starr situation, he did end up coming out, and he kind of um he not on top of him like coming out and addressing these allegations for one of the tweets he actually paid for and promoted. So that did not look good at all on his part. Mm, yeah. I guess he's just trying to reach as many people as he can to try and defend himself. I understand that, but if you're a wrestler, if you're a pro wrestler, you already have a strong following, so you're going to get retweeted no matter what. Yeah, that's true. That's You know, so uh, he kind of addressed it, and he kind of gave like a semi-apology towards it, but he already knew that he was doomed, so he kind of ended like his... uh, his kind of a response with like, you know, if this is the end of wrestling, like I'm not gonna, there's no pity party for me. If this is the end of wrestling for me, that's fine. I'm okay with it. You know, uh, regardless if I say something or I don't say something, I'm the one to blame here. And, and I accept that I got to take, he kind of made it like I got to take responsibility for my own actions in a weird way, but just kind of the way he addressed it kind of was a little off. I think I would have hand, you know, if I was in his shoes, I probably would have addressed it a little bit more differently. But hey, man, I'm not in the shoes, so I'm not the one getting the congratulations here. But I'm gonna read you some of the names that've been, um, uh, you know, outed the pla- the past couple of days because you've been like a lost cause, dude. You have no idea what the hell's going on. Yeah, I have no idea what's going. On. I- I'm having a hard time remembering what day it is. So All right. So we'll figure it out. Today. So David Starr was the first one, and then okay. within 24 hours, 
Wednesday going on to Thursday, which I find very interesting because a lot of wrestling media, like the wrestling dirt sheets, didn't pick up on it like fully until Thursday, Thursday night going into Friday morning, which I find very odd. Because like with the Velveteen Dream situation, it was already out there the second um, the allegations came out. You know what I'm saying? The dirt sheets were already reporting it. With this, it took a while for it to start getting like, it was trending on Twitter, but it took a while for... You know, for it to pick up like on the dirt sheets, which I find very, very odd. But I'm going to give you a list of names real quick. So, David Starr was the first one. We got Jordan Devlin, all right? Travis Banks, Ligero, Jack Gallagher, which he got fired. You got Joe Coffey, Matt Riddle, uh, Velveteen Dream, Trent Seven, Justin Roberts, Joey Ryan, Jimmy Havoc, David Kreese, um, Dave Lagana, which was the... XVP of NWA. He just resigned from his uh, gig. You got Will Ospreay and his girlfriend, Bea Priestley. Jim Cornette, which, that's a walking congr- That's your guy. Congratulations. You played yourself. <laughs> and um, the the other, I guess you could say, not big name, but he's pretty much known. She's actually known in this area, too. Uh, Mart Adam Haggerty. He's a gay dude. He's a ring announcer. He does ring announcing for um, for some of the local promotions in New York. And he got picked up not too long ago from M- M- MLW. And he just, you know, he just lost his job too. So these allegations go anywhere between, um, hold on, wait. You got sexual harassment, um, sexual misconduct, rape, talking to minors, dating minors, bullying, hazing. And blacklisting talent in the world of professional wrestling. Now, these are most of the bigger names that, that are known. But you have a list more. Like, more and more names are coming out of independent talent that have done actions like these. Um, I don't want to go into details with every specific one of these names. But, like, I'll give you a couple of examples here. Like, Dave Lagana, sexual misconduct with a, with a female wrestler. Um... Jim Cornette, which I kind of want to leave that last because it's kind of comical, and I want to hear and I want to hear your thoughts on your boy, um, Will Osprey and Bea Priestley, the uh, blacklisting people because um, Will Osprey is one of uh, his, I guess, close friends had like a, a situation with the female talent, and instead of being the good dude, the good brother, and you know, realizing what's right and wrong. Well, Osprey is getting accused for blacklisting this female talent because he didn't want to throw his buddy under the bus, you know? Uh. So, um, let's see. Uh, Justin Roberts, apparently when he, back in 2014, he was um, messaging with a minor, all right? He was in his, keep in mind, he was in his 30s, all right? You got Trent Seven. Um, he's getting accused of messing around with um, some underage girls, all right? Velveteen Dream, no different from the accusations that he got accused of uh, about a month or so ago. Talking to oh, more, more people are coming out. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, the Matt Riddle one is very interesting because uh, Candy Cartwright. For those that don't know who she is, she's actually a independent wrestler. She wrestles for Shine. She's actually done a couple of appearances on NXT TV as like an extra. Well, she came out saying that she had a, an affair with Matt Riddle. And then after his wife found out, like, it seems like Matt Riddle was still, you know, messing with her, if you know what I mean. Like, going back to, like, even 
last year, 2019, um, during like NXT TakeOver 25, like he was DMing her messenger saying like, hey, babe, I can't wait to see you and sending him selfies, sending her, sending her selfies of himself. So it's just the list goes on and on, man. Lee Garrow's getting uh, accused for sexual misconduct. Same for Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin beating up his ex-girlfriend. It's just, you know, the list goes on and on, man. Um, you know, I, I just want to educate the audience here. And this might piss some people off, but I don't give a shit because, you know, me, I never care. We got to stop acting like we know these people. You know what I'm saying? And and, because we we like what they do on TV or in the ring when we go to independent shows or wrestling shows, however you want to word it. We we, we know them for who they are, whether it's that character. Now, sometimes the character might be exactly like the, the, the person they are in real life. But at the end of the day, we don't necessarily know these people, you know? We don't. And I think we are so quick, and I feel like more on the men's side than females, I feel like we're so quick to be like, no, not him. That that, that so-and-so's a liar. Like, we shouldn't be so quick to do that. And I was telling you off-air before we started recording, I told you, I'd rather be wrong and, and like, believing the the victim. I'd rather be wrong and believing the, the victim than being wrong and believing the person they're accusing. Yeah. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I agree with you uh, 100%. Um, a, a lot of times, um, I feel like people will discredit the person just because they feel like they have uh, an emotional attachment to the talent just because they're a fan of them. We really don't know these talent. We don't know what happens behind closed doors. So we got to take a moment and just reevaluate, you know, where these people stand with us. You know what I mean? Like, are you okay with these allegations? Obviously not. So maybe you need to, you know, not buy a Matt Real shirt or not buy a Velveteen Dream shirt. You know, show your support by not supporting these, these talents. You know what I mean? And, you know, let the, you know, the authorities figure out exactly what happened here before you know you continue to support these people. And and there's there has been other names that that have been coming out too under the hashtag speaking out. This is the whole movement. You could kind of compare it to like the Me Too movement. And I think one of the names that also surprised me that Marty Skrull's name is involved there too. And there hasn't been anyone coming out. Um, with the story with Marty, but apparently the allegation towards him is that he was dating a, a underage girl a couple of years ago, right? So someone came to his defense because you know you're gonna have always them defenders and saying that oh, out in the UK it's legal to date like a 16, 17 year old, right? But like, and I and I said this to uh, I actually said this to Iridian, um, from the Rust Friends yesterday. I'm like, okay, so hypothetically speaking here, right? Let's say it was a, uh, a couple years ago. It wasn't recent, right? So let's just say, hypothetically speaking, it was five years ago, okay? Five years ago, Marty was 26. Still, it's a big age gap. 16, 17 years old to 26. It's a huge age gap. I'm not saying that Marty, Marty, uh, I'm not saying Marty did this. But if these accusations come out to light that are true, that's still a huge age gap, man. Yeah, I don't even know what you would have in common with somebody that much younger than you. Like, 
I have a hard time relating to 20-year-olds, and I'm 32 years old. Like, right. What would you even talk to, what, talk about what a, what a fucking kid? You know what I mean? Like, that's so weird to me. I don't understand it, but I don't know, man. It's, it's a weird, weird, fucked up situation that we got going on here, and uh, we got to do better not only as a wrestling community, but as men. And um, I think it's very apropos that we're talking about this on Father's Day. Because um, it, it comes down to a culture uh, with men where we're, we're not doing our part as fathers and having these difficult conversations with our sons uh, to tell them exactly how to treat a woman. Um, you know what I mean? A lot of this is learned from our friends. We don't have that, that tough sex talk with, with our family. So instead, we wind up going out as boys, teenage boys, and learning this kind of behavior from our friends because bros will be bros, you know what I mean? And that shit's got to stop. And it has a lot to do with the way that culture and entertainment is set up and how it sexualizes women. And we just got to do a better job of sitting our sons down, you know, and saying, like, look, no means no. If you're ever in a situation with a woman and she's too drunk and she can't consent to sex, you need to go your ass either in another room or take your ass to sleep and don't right. touch her. Right. And, you know, have these talks so shit like this doesn't happen. You know what I mean? And as, as you teach your sons this shit, maybe they'll check their own friends when they're in situations like a party and a girl's having too much to drink and he, he sees uh you know one of his friends trying to take her into the room you know what i mean and he right. might step in and say hey no that's not right you know what i mean so i plan on having these talks with my son down the line uh right now he's at an age where if he even sees two people kissing on the tv screen he'll freak out so he's not ready for that but we've already had conversations about like treating you know girls with respect and um you know treating his sisters right and defending defending his sisters and things like that um i've even gone as far as making him uh draw a female superhero one time he didn't really like that very much uh that, that's a story for another time but um man it's uh it, it's crazy it's a really crazy situation that we got going on and uh like i said it it, it needs to start with us as men in our community to to talk and have these these conversations with our sons you know yeah man um i kind of not that i'm in a loss of words but more in the sense like you realize like the last three episodes we've been talking about a different issue that's going on in this world so like going back to two episodes ago we spoke about the Hana Kimura suicide issue where she was getting bullied, online bullying, and we went through like a whole tangent of that. And then the last episode we did, we touched on Black Lives Matter and police brutality and everything that's going on in that situation in this world, this country. And now we're talking about Sexual assault and rape and all this fucking bullshit. Women's rights, pretty much. This is 
this is a women's rights issue. And, you know? and, and you know, and you know, because I know some people. Listen, if we were on Facebook Live right now, you already know the slap dicks, the the slap dick nation. They'll they'll be like the ones that that you know like to be like, well, you know, it can happen to men too. I'm not saying that these things can't happen to men, but one thing as a man we need to understand is. While sexual assault, sexual misconduct, whatever you want to put, bullying and hazing, all that stuff could happen to men. I'm not saying that it can't happen to men. But as a man, we need to understand that what females go through, we'll never understand that. Ever. We'll never going to understand that. So for those people that are questioning some of these females, why didn't you take it in for a second and just think about it? Because I'm sure... If that was your mother, or if that was your daughter, or a, or a female counterpart that you love very much, ha- happening those things happening to them, you wouldn't like it. Right. Exactly. We don't know these people. And the irony of this whole thing that, that's been coming out and been circling in the last couple of days is, on Thursday, I was listening to JR's podcast. It was the Ultimate Warrior episode. Now, for those that know me personally, I've never been a Warrior fan. As a kid, he never grabbed my attention, ever. As a kid, I was still smart enough to be like, what the hell is this dude talking about? Ne- he never grabbed my attention. Never grabbed my attention. As I got older, and I started getting smart enough of the business and the dirt sheets, I realized, like, this dude was a piece of garbage. Like, I know it's a, it's not a thing to talk, you know, bad about the dead, but, like, we need to be honest here. The dude was a scumbag. He was not a good person. He was a homophobe, and he was a racist. He was not a good person at all. My best memory of Ultimate Warrior was WrestleMania 30 weekend. His induction and the promo he cut that Monday Night Raw before his passing. That's my best that's my best memory of Ultimate Warrior and that's how I try to remember the guy, but like all in all, real recognizes real. The dude was a scumbag. But for those people that were Ultimate Warrior fans, I understand why you like the guy. For many that was their childhood hero. But it kind of goes back to something that Leo always says, which I can't believe I'm putting Leo over here. But one thing that Leo always says is, you got to separate the character and the person. It's okay if if these allegations to some of your favorite wrestlers are true, but you're like, man, I enjoyed their work so much. It's okay that you could look at them differently as a person now, because they might be a scumbag. That doesn't mean that you don't have you can't watch a match from them, you know, one of your favorite matches that they were involved in. You got to learn to separate the character from the person. If you want to stop supporting them, that's fine. But you're not a bad person if you actually enjoyed a match from them like a couple years ago or, or so, like David Starr. Like David Starr had a, a very incredible match with Joey Janela, I believe, like a year or two ago for uh, Beyond Wrestling at their big event, right? That That's arguably one of their best matches. Like that is like, it's a word of art, right? That doesn't mean you can't go back and watch that match. Just because of these David Starr allegations, does yeah, that make any yeah, sense I, to you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I understand. I, I was one of those Ultimate Warrior fans, and I even went as far as I had an Ultimate Warrior tattoo, and I, I, uh, I oh, got a hold on, out. Sam. Sam, hold on. Yeah, I know it's coming. Here it comes. Go ahead. <laughs> no technical. You having technical issues? Yeah, man. We're we're trying something new here, but go ahead. <laughs> I'll do it for you. Congratulations. You played. <laughs> yeah, I had a fucking Ultimate Warrior tattoo, and I, I had it co- covered up with a 
So hold that. on, wait. This is something new. I never knew that. So you had a warrior tattoo. Yeah, I had a warrior tattoo. Okay. And one Valentine's Day, uh, me and my wife went to get tattoos. We both got covers, cover-ups. Right. And uh, I got the ultimate warrior tattoo covered up because, you know, it was a great tattoo. It looked great, but just because of the homophobic stuff that had come out and some of those uh, racist rants on YouTube that I, I was just like, damn, bro, I got to, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm looking crazy over here. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I went down to Philly. Shout out to Tim Pangburn, uh, Art Machine Productions, one of the best tattoo artists in the world. Right. He's literally one of the best uh, cover-up artists in the world. So you think about the difficulty of a cover-up, if you want to go and give him a piece of, you know, your your body as, as a as a canvas, bro, he's gonna put a fucking a work of art on you. So he did a great job. You could you could barely see, and he did it in one pass. I should probably go back to get another pass, but you could barely see uh, like the pinks in the tattoo. But he did a, a a very great job on my tattoo, um, and I got it covered up. Right. Uh, you know, we've had this conversation about me and Hulk Hogan, where I've, I've had a hard time separating Terry and Hulk. Right. The person from the character. Right. And I've come and I think it took Mean Gene passing for me to try to actually come full circle and forgive Hulk Hogan the character because I still felt like I can't even look at a fucking action figure of Hulk Hogan without feeling some type of way. But I had to realize Terry is Terry and Hulk Hogan is a fictional character that he plays on, on TV. So I could still enjoy Hulk but Terry the person is a piece of shit. Um, at, at the end of the day, uh, man, these, these allegations are, are some serious shit, and, you know, they need to be evaluated, and we need to, you know, take a step back and, and stop su- supporting them uh, in a financial way by meaning you shouldn't be buying their, uh, their T-shirts or any of their uh, other merch uh, until we find out exactly if they're innocent or if they're guilty of this stuff. And, you know, we've seen in the past where things come to light, like the Enzo Amore situation where, you know, names get cleared. So, you know, hope is not lost for a guy like Matt Riddle, but maybe a guy like Velveteen Dream where this is not the first time that we're hearing something about this. Maybe we need to, you know, not fucking fuck with Velveteen Dream anymore. I don't know. Uh, you know, time will figure this all out, but it's it's concerning. It really is. And man, like I said earlier, as, as men, we just got to do better. Um, you know, and and not not only that, maybe have difficult conversations with your female counterparts. I mean, me and my wife had uh, a really great discussion last night about this situation. You know, and she gave me her point of view, and it made me look at it from a different standpoint. So. You know, but let's be honest here. She gave you a congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, we we have to have these difficult conversations right. in order to move forward and progress. Of and, course, man. I I just think that uh, like I said, we just need to take a step back and 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 you know let let uh the darkness come to light, or let people uh you know uh get cleared of of, of these allegations, whichever side they wind up on and then move forward from there and say okay well this person did this i can't fuck with them no more or this person was wrongly accused 
that sucks, you know, let's go back to enjoying the, you know, the, the character, uh, that I, that I love so much. So, um, it, it, it's, it's just shitty, man. We got to do better. That's the only thing. Right. Right. So on an update on some of these wrestlers, whether they, um, they have, uh, you know, uh, released, um, a statement or like a, a counterpart, you know, to, to some of these allegations, Joey Ryan, he released uh, something, I believe yesterday, um, where he kind of admitted to some of the stuff without really admitting to it and said that, you know, he was uh, at a bad place. And he he honestly, in in a weird way, he kind of said that his gimmick kind of take over, took over him, which cost him his marriage and stuff. So he tried to clean it up by saying that he, um, he's been going to uh, therapy, you know, like talking to someone and he's trying to do everything in his part to become a better person. And then some people were calling him out, including Joey Janela, saying that he used to be friends with him, but Joey Jabrian's full of shit. And, you know, we had a, a pretty good interaction with Joey Ryan, and he seemed like a nice guy, but that kind of goes back to sh- to tell you what we are saying a little while ago, just because we, we had a good conversation with him and he was cool with us doesn't mean we know him. Right, right. We don't know what it is what his background is or what, what, what's really going on behind closed doors with him. And he seems like a really nice guy and I appreciate him trying to, uh, clean it up. <laughs> not only clean it up, but it's, it's hard enough to, 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 you know, have these things come out. And then most people will just be like, um, I never did that. Or that's a lie. Or, you know, in Matt, Matt Rill's case, uh, this person has been stalking me forever. Don't believe him. And try to discredit, but in in Joey's case, I got to give him credit where he's saying, you know what, I own it, and I'm trying to move forward. So I think he gets more more points with me personally. For right, that. I think that's more respectable. They, you know what I mean? It's a little bit. I kind of get what you're saying because based on some of the other people that has come out and counterpart countered it, right? Either they've admitted to it or they've. Or they, they try to, like, kind of beat around the bush about it and try to make excuses for it, if that makes any right. sense. Yeah, and I'm, I'm the type of person where if I fuck up, I'm going to tell you about it. And you know this because we work together, and you know I've made my accidents at work. I don't try to clean shit up. I'll go up to our, our boss, and I'll tell him exactly what what happened, what happened wrong, if, if something went left, and <laughs> if it was my fault, and, you know, and that, that's the kind of person that I am. No, I'm laughing because of, you know, uh, for those that don't know, because I I try to keep everything close to the vest. You know, I don't really put my personal stuff out there. But Sam and I do work at the same job. So, um, yeah, Sam's not lying here. So if I fuck up, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to be like, look, this is exactly what happened. Even if I look crazy, I'm going to be like, look, I did something crazy. Uh, I'm sorry, but, you know, I'll move forward. You know, but that's why I respect, uh, you know, Joey Ryan for doing it. Because at the end of the day, we're all human. We all make mistakes. This is a a really big mistake. It's never good when you're making somebody else uh, a victim. Right. It's never good when, you know, you're, you know, you're taking your day out on somebody else or anything like that. So, you know, obviously he, he needs to do his part and apologize to the person. And it looks like he's trying to, you know, get through with therapy and things like that. So I think he gets uh, points for that, in, in, in my opinion. But at the same time, like, it is fucked up 
what what is coming out. So, um, you know, moving forward, I, I don't think I'll have a problem, uh, you know, going to see a, a Joey Ryan match down the line. I, re- I really don't because he's saying, yeah, I was wrong. Right. I, I was wrong. I'm trying to make it better. I'm sorry. And, you know, at the end of the day, if, if somebody is trying to apologize, throwing salt in a, in a already open wound, you know, You know, yeah. Does he, does he deserve it? Maybe, but come on. The guy's trying to apologize here. You know. I, you know what it. You know what it is, Sam. I kind of get what you're saying. Saying, but at the same time, you're not in tune with a lot of these allegations that come no, out to no, Joey no, Ryan. He was accused of, so I could probably be right. Right. Yeah, you sound. I'm not saying you sound kind of crazy. All I'm saying is maybe you should do your research and read a lot of these allegations, because then maybe you'll be like. Remember that last episode when I was trying to, you know, condone Joe? Oh, back. What I'm trying to say is at least he's trying to apologize. <laughs> no, you know nah, I, 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 I get it. I get it. And you're, you're... All right. So this is where I'll kind of back you up a little bit. And not specifically the Joey Ryan situation, but just in general. I kind of, I do believe, and I'm not condoning any of this, but I do believe people could change. You know, and while Joey Ryan is a scumbag for these allegations and is looking more and more that he is guilty for these accusations. What exactly did he do? Because I feel like an asshole now because I have no idea what he did. (laughs) Um, dude, groping women, a lesbian chick came out saying that, uh, when she was kind of like confused about her sexuality, uh, she was at the merch table and she kind of wanted to get some merch from Joey Ryan or whatever. And then she ended up taking a photo with him. And then Joey Ryan says something to her like, Hey, do you want to touch it or whatever? Or do you want to rather like fuck me better? Since it's like, uh, you know, since it's like better, like making it seem like maybe it's her thing more of her fucking him. It's just very inappropriate shit. dude. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. Taking a picture with Joey Ryan was, dick in your hand might be a thing moving forward you might have to cut that gimmick out well i mean I, now i mean now he's playing the gimmick and impact with cancel culture so yeah i couldn't i couldn't believe that he uh was doing that i was at one of the wrestle cons over wrestlemania weekend and they, they were like yeah hey, picture with joey ryan would uh you know you grabbing his dick and it's like <laughs> well okay okay but wait but, but, but here's the difference though here's the difference though like if the gimmick is because we, you know, the king of uh, of you know gang gang style, right? If the gimmick, is, if 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 you're taking like you're signing a waiver and you're like, hey, I agree to touch his dick. Like if that's your yeah. thing, what you want to do, and that's something completely different from from these sexual allegations and sexual misconduct, right? Yeah, it definitely is. Because because so- you're not gonna like it's a completely different story. Like you you're paying you you know what you're getting out of it. I'm not saying the people that. That the people that pay to take a picture with Joe Ryan to grab his dick, like I'm not, I'm not saying those are victims. I'm talking about like you're forcing yourself for right. someone to touch your dick. Now that's something completely different, dude. In Joe yeah. Ryan's case, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I'm not saying that the people that took the picture are a victim either. Um, but it's just, it's just weird to me. It's just weird. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, bro. I just, just that's just me though. Okay. I'm not man, no man. Right. All right. So, so um, Travis Banks, he came out with a statement kind of saying that, you know, his allegations towards him are true. Um, I believe as of right now, Jordan Devlin hasn't come out with a statement yet. 
Matt Riddle's attorney, yes, I said an attorney came out saying that um, they're taking the proper legal uh, uh, way, I guess, to counter this. Uh, Trent Seven came out saying that these allegations towards him are not true. Justin Roberts has been quiet. Jimmy Havoc. I think those that have been following Jimmy Havoc's career um, know that he's, I think, always had like some type of substance abuse, right? Uh, I believe depression. What was that? Dude looks sick. Right. He don't look, he don't look right. So besides substance and maybe some mental health there, um, the allegations towards him coming out of uh, one of his ex-girlfriends are fucking crazy, dude. Um, I will not go into details on it on this podcast, but do your research because um, it's fucked up. <laughs> but let's laugh a little bit. Let's talk about your guy, Jim Cornette. <laughs> let's talk that about your guy, Jim Cornette. So first... This is some funny shit right here. So, this is an allegation that actually can make you chuckle a little bit. So... Those that know me know I am not a fan of Jim Cornette. While I didn't, I'll give him praise. I did enjoy his commentary on NWA. Besides, you know the stupid, uh, you know, joke that he said that was terrible to say. But I'm not a fan of Cornette at all. Um, I think he's one of the biggest pieces of garbage in wrestling history. I don't care who he managed. I don't care how much knowledge he has. I think he's a piece of shit. So this guy, on top of all the backlash this guy has gotten over the years, it comes out, right? It comes out the last couple of days that this guy and his fucking wife will groom young wrestlers and try to make them have sex with his wife while he would watch. And if they didn't, like, approve of it or if they wanted no parts of it, he would do everything. They, they, as a unit, would do everything in their power to try to fuck with this person, get them blacklisted, and even causing property damage to these people. Yo, your man's a fucking scumbag and a fucking idiot. <laughs> and here's the funny thing about this, bro. Joey Janela was smarting up on this shit because he was calling shit like this months ago. Yeah, this is... this is Joey is, uh, uh you know... Uh, ahead of his time, what was that guy, the comedian, that came out and started roasting Bill Cosby for being a racist? You know, I'm not racist, a rapist. You know what I'm talking about. Wasn't it Eddie Murphy? Nah, man. Uh, Hannibal Burris, that's him. Joey Janelle is the Hannibal Burris of this of this whole uh, situation where he's coming out and saying this shit before it even comes to light. Jim Cornette, bro, I, I'll say that I, I, I'm... I'm fucking shocked, but, man. This Hold is... on, wait, you're shocked? Yeah, man. Yo, you get the congratulations for that. How do I get a congratulations? How am I going to expect this guy? Bro, he's a scumbag. <laughs> dude, he's a scumbag. I'm not surprised with these allegations. He's a fucking scumbag, dude. Oh, my God. It's, it's fucking weird, man. I, I think this is some comical shit. And you think about how many people went through that OVW... Program down there, and you wonder how how many wrestlers did his wife and him have, you know, this kind of situation with. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's fucking weird to think about. <laughs> you know, um, I I I'm the opposite of of Mario when it comes to Jim Cornette. Although I don't agree with a lot of, uh, you know, his. 
commentary, and I don't agree with a lot of his uh, views on wrestling, there was a lot of things that uh, I could agree with. You know what I mean? When it, when it came to, you know, listening to his podcast and things like that, like, I think he did make a couple good points, um, you know, about how the business is kind of not the same as it used to be. But I, I don't feel like any anything is the same as it used to be. Things continue to evolve, but that's besides the point of what we're talking about here. We're talking about these allegations. But, man, this is some fucking weird ass shit. I think this is the most bizarre of all of the accusations that have come out because, you know, domestic violence, that's that's not that bizarre. That happens all the time. You know, rape, obviously disgusting. Uh, sexual assault, obviously disgusting, but not not very uncommon. These things are very common. Uh, but to actually uh, be a cuckold and, <laughs> and force people into a situation where they need to fuck your wife in order to continue to feed their family, it's... Um, it's predatory, it's fucking weird, and it, it's definitely, like, one of those situations where somebody's using their, their power to try and, like, flex on somebody, and right. it is a weird, bizarre, and if, you know, if you're as, as sick of a puppy as I am, uh, kind of comical fucking allegation here we're talking about, it's just fucking weird. So, so check this out. So check this out. One of the funniest tweets I saw was, um, you remember Bobby Fulton? Yes. Okay, right? So, all right, so Bobby Fulton's, like, very, very close friends with Jim Cornette or whatever, so he ended up, like, tweeting a picture of himself with Jim Cornette and, like, talked about, like, his friendship and shit and how Jim Cornette is Jim, this and that, and then Joey, Joey Janela responds to it, and he goes, like, so you fucked his wife, too? <laughs> Yo, I love Joey Janela so much. Not because he's just a, he's a New Jersey guy. But, yo, the dude, yo, he's raw, bro. He don't give a shit, man. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely over the, the quarantine has been, uh, I, I would say, almost, you know, I'm a big hip-hop head. Uh, the Tory Lanez of the, of the wrestling world where he's using his Instagram Live to actually become more popular and, and, and more of a, uh, you know, a figure in in the wrestling world where before he was just known for like death matches and things like that. Now right. he he's fucking cool. He's funny as hell in, in in my opinion, and he's even brought people up. Uh, like uh, what's his name? Leroy. Leroy, yeah, yeah nasty Leroy. Yeah, so he he's helping other people make a name in this industry. So shout out to Joey Janela. Uh, something positive we could we could talk about. Uh, you know, this week. Um, I do, I do agree, I do agree with the Tory Lanez reference, like, the comparison there, even though I dislike Tory Lanez, but I think that was a great comparison, because, you know, obviously Tory Lanez has his whole IG gimmick, where he does, and that, that's... 14, 14! He's such a fucking jackass, but... Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, um, let's, uh, let's talk about something else that is not so good news, you know, let's kind of move away from the hashtag speaking out movement. Uh, we talked about it. We touched on it for a little over 40 minutes. Um, we'll keep you guys updated on the next episode if more allegations come out. Uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch with this story or whatever. And like I said, man, let's. Um, we need to do better as men. And also, just because you're a fan of someone doesn't mean you actually know them. All right, let's keep that in mind. Um, let's talk about something else that happened this week. COVID. Invades WWE, buddy. 
knew this was going to come down the pike. You know what I mean? So and it came out. It's not over. No, it's not over. It came out this past Monday. It got uh, released. I think WWE put out like some statement. They sent it to like dirt sheets and all over the place that uh, NXT talent that is still unknown tested positive for COVID. On top of that, right, during these last tapings, right, they had fucking fans in the fucking building. And there was, uh, and the funny thing about that is, not only were there some fans in the building, them stupid, disgusting NXT Full Sail fans, besides them being in these, uh, in these tapings, it's that the talent that were wrestling had no idea that these fans were going to be in there. Oh, wow. So they just come through the curtain. Well, whoever jerked the curtain. Right. right what the fuck? And they get back there and they're like, dude, there's fucking fans out there. They, they see. And you know what's funny? When I was watching, when I was watching Raw, especially, um, I noticed it before, but I couldn't put two and two together. I'm like, what are these people? Are they like writers or something? Because I saw like some older dudes, right? And then I saw like a kid at one point, and I really, they really grabbed my attention when I saw the Street Profits, you know, do their gimmick where they go through the crowd, like in arenas. They did it this time at the Performance Center, and I'm like, who the fuck are these people? And I'm like, yo, who are these people? I'm like, and then I'm reading in the dirt sheets, they're fucking fans. They, and, and the thing is, these fans had to sign waivers. Yeah, I think that's going to be the the wave of the future is, you know, now on Ticketmaster, you're going to have to click something, you know, by ordering this ticket, you are consenting to, you know, catch COVID, uh, you know, until... Uh, a vaccine becomes available for for everybody. I think that's going to be the the wave of the future from now on. But man, it uh, you know this this is not over, people. You know this is this disease is still out there, and uh, just because you know states are starting to open up, um, we should still be practicing social distancing and wearing masks and and things of that nature. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if AEW may be next uh, with with a talent because. You know, at the end of the day, these guys are all up in each other's faces. You know, a lot of body to body contact. You right. Know, they're doing their performance art, which we we love professional wrestling, and uh, you know, you can't social distance uh, unless you're Joey Janela, who did a social distancing match going back then. But um, yeah, I mean, until this is over with, you know, we're just gonna have to keep washing our hands and staying uh, staying precautious. You know what I mean? I don't know. If WWE uh, should be letting fans in just yet. I know everybody wants to get back to watching wrestling live. I know I, I certainly am. Me and Mario have plans to go see Battle Riot in, in December, and hopefully, you know, things will be better by December. Who knows what right. December will be. Um, but, you know, so this is not over. This is not over by a long shot. You know, we, we need to get this vaccine out there and from what I hear, it, it, it's it's getting through the the processes in which is that it needs to get through uh, for for human consumption, uh, you know. But um, you know, it's going to take some time, at least another year and a year and a half. So you know. So there's so there's like a lot of layers to this, right? So first of all, let let's be honest here. It's Florida. You're talking about these fucking disgusting NXT fans that you know they. They look already dirty. All right, let's be, let's be honest here. So, so on top of on top of the COVID scare, you know, they, they, they you could tell some of them don't shower. So I'm just being honest here. Uh, 
All <laughs> right. So you that must smell exactly, man. And I'm just being honest here. For for those that are listening, doesn't doesn't like what I'm saying. I'm just keeping it real. That's what I do. So you have that instant, and then it's just, man, wear your fucking mask. None of these people are fucking wearing their mask on these tapings. Uh, from what I saw, I didn't see GCW last night. I might be skipping forward here, but I saw a lot of people in the crowd uh, from the post that you were putting up on our uh, Instagram account there that a lot of people in the crowd had their masks on. I don't know if that was, you know, so, mandatory or not. But thankfully, you know, shout-outs to GCW. They had their first show last night on the Fight TV app. First of all, it was a great show. Um, and yeah, for the most part, I'll say 99.9% of the crowd was wearing masks. You had, you know, uh, a couple of inbreds that, <laughs> that weren't wearing their mask. But for the most part, everybody was wearing their mask. Um, actually, uh, Paula. Paula. Um, uh, uh, restaurant number three. Yeah, restaurant number three. Number three, <laughs> Restaurant number three. She was actually um, in, in attendance. You could see her. Like all over the place, like in the in the front row somewhere, but um. That's dope. Shout out to Paula. Yeah. So um, but yeah, for the most part, everybody was wearing masks. You had a couple slapdicks that weren't, but they, you know, GCW put on a, a great show. Um, there was a little incident during the main event where uh, somebody apparently at first I thought somebody passed out due to the heat because it was an outside event, which is very smart on their part. Um, it looked like somebody had passed out, but then it it came out to be that somebody was having a seizure. So, um, what I got to praise GCW because they took a impromptu intermission. They never, um, uh, put the camera on the person that was ha- that this incident was happening to. And they just took a break for about, I'll say like 10 to 15 minutes and they got the situation taken care of. There was one slap dick, um, in the crowd while the situation was happening, yelling, let's go. And then luckily someone else in the crowd told the person to shut the fuck up um, that's the type of negativity we don't need. That's the one another reason why I hate wrestling fans. But uh, props to GCW. They took care of the situation after ten to fifteen minutes. They you know that they went to intermission and then we got the main event back on and you know all in all it was a good show. So I got nothing but praise for GCW because they're doing things the right way. Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw the post and you know if, if somebody's having a medical emergency, can we at least uh, agree as a wrestling community to show some respect. Uh, you know, hold your fucking horses. Wait until we know that this person is either on their way to a medical facility, uh, you know, or you know, recovered from whatever kind of situation uh, they're going through. As, as somebody that has had a terrible year uh, with their health, uh, talking about myself and having an episode uh, just this week um you know this kind of hits home with me and you know uh i'll tell you what if i'm in a wrestling crowd and something happens and i'm close enough to help i will help and if i hear anybody around me trying to hurry up the show um bro i'm gonna go off on you i'm gonna fucking wild out and you know i i just gotta go back to the to the time that we were at uh, house of hardcore i got a commend at least most of the House of Hardcore fans when Big Cass was having a seizure, for the most part, it was a very respectable situation. You had your um, vocal minority. Uh, I don't know if they thought that they were being funny or if they thought they were being supportive that were like playing that the Enzo theme song, you know, Big Cass's theme song as they were ro- rolling them out on a stretcher. I don't know if they were trying to show support or not. Uh, 
to me, that's a little disrespectful. You know, just let the man have his peace. You know, he just had a, a you know, seizure. But I don't, I don't see no support of somebody doing that while somebody's getting taken away in a, in a, in a, you know, in a stretcher. That, that to me, doesn't seem like you're being supported. It seems like you're being a dick. Yeah, yeah, but I could also see on the other hand how somebody would say like, you know, I was just trying to like, you know, boost his spirits, you know. So let me tell you something, Sam. Unless you're a fucking child, if you're if you're under the age of 18 and you did something like that, that's the only time is acceptable. If yeah, you're over I, that, bro, nah, man, you should be smart enough to know, no, you're being disrespectful. Yeah, at, this, at that point, you should let the medical professionals do what they do. Um, man, it, 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 we got we to gotta be better as the rest of the community uh, uh, overall. You know, with these allegations coming out, and now, now, you know, as fans, you know, we've had multiple interactions with with the talent where that could be questionable and things like that and now fans talking about other fans you know while they're having a fucking health episode we just gotta be more respectful man be more fucking respectful the world doesn't always revolve around you help somebody out be nicer be kinder you know, <laughs> um, I, I just got a, a quick chuckle because when you just said the world doesn't revolve around you, that's a lot of things that I used to tell my ex-girlfriends when we used to get into arguments. I'm like, the world doesn't fucking revolve around you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's rough out here. It's rough. Sometimes you got to let people know. Oh, you know, I have no problem letting people know. All right. Let's talk about something else in the WWE front. Um, Paul Heyman. Yo, Paul Heyman's out. Bruce Pritchard's taking over, baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we could see this coming. Raw has been very um, questionable, to say the least, and I understand where, where Paul was going. Uh, you have a lot of new talent trying to get over. Um, it, it's the Raw hasn't been good, man, and a lot of it could be, you know, related to Paul Heyman's writing. A lot of it could be. Related to Vince McMahon mixing what Paul Heyman, you know, brings to him and has to rewrite it. Right. So it might come down to, um, you know, Vince not having to rewrite as much of SmackDown, whereas when he gets the Raw script, he looks at it and goes, what the fuck is he thinking? And then starts, you know, writing shit out, cutting shit out, and rewriting everything. So... You know, it's crazy to think that Bruce was doing something very similar to what we're doing right now uh, a couple of years ago, you know, just shooting the shit with Conrad, doing a podcast, and now he's back in the good graces of the McMahon family, and he's pretty much the head honcho there. He's the top writer. He's got Brian Goritz's old uh, title there, and not only for, you know, SmackDown, but for Raw now. I mean, this guy, uh, you know, he's come from... Uh, you know, nothing to something uh, within the last couple of years. And, you know, we know that he has the experience to, to get the job done. But if we're going to see more of these, uh, like, Jeff Hardy angles, I don't know if I'm going to be super excited to see what the hell's down the down the pike for WWE. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Bruce has that title, but it's still Vince McMahon's show. So we'll see exactly how much change is going to go moving forward. Um, kind of feel bad for Paul because I feel like Paul has always been ahead of the curve. Um, is he right 100% of the time? No. But I feel like he, you know, he's always trying to innovate the show, try to go in a new direction, bring up new talent, and, and use them, you know, the right way. 
and sometimes it just doesn't translate, especially when you got the Vince McMahon filter, I, you know. But we'll see where it goes from here. Um, this is what I will say, and I'll touch back on Raw in a little bit, but. You know, Bruce Pritchard kind of made the ultimate comeback, if you think about it, ever since he started doing something to wrestle with with Conrad. Um, he got back into the wrestling business, if you will, I believe, what was it, 2017 with Impact? He returned to Impact, had a quick stint over there, and then he had of a producer role in MLW when MLW first came back from doing their thing or whatever. And little by little, that led him back to the WWE. And... You know, Bruce Pritchard loves Vince. And while we could be critical on some of their booking and ideas and stuff, they have a very, very strong bond, those two. When it comes to Monday Night Raw, I will say this. This past Monday Night Raw was such an easy watch, and it was definitely a better show in recent weeks. I think... Bruce has taken over? I, I I mean, you know, I'm not saying that I hate to admit it, but it was, it was a pretty good show. It was a very easy three hours. You know, they had, don't say, I'm not saying that the whole show was perfect. I'm not saying that. But, you know, they, they had me, they had me glued in, especially with the, with the Christian Randy Orange storyline. Um, they, they, you know, they had me interested, man. They, I have no, uh really don't have much negative to say about the show. I mean, I'm, I'm not really into what they're doing with the Street Profits and, and the War Raiders. I'm not into that. I think what they did, the whole backlash thing was atrocious. I'm not into the whole ninja stuff, but, you know, minus a couple things here and there, I mean, Raw was a pretty entertaining show. Um, you already know how I feel about Apollo Crews. I'm not, you know, I'm not fond of him being champ he does nothing for me he's just not entertaining for me i don't care how good he is in the ring just because you're good in the ring doesn't necessarily mean that you're uh a superstar that makes any sense now you have mustafa ali and dolph ziggler getting drafted to raw i'm hoping mustafa ali gets a push and he takes that strap from apollo cruz at some point yeah I, I could see that happening uh, and we've touched on this before they put the title on apollo to try and have the title make the superstar instead of like what they're doing with the intercontinental title have the superstar make the title where aj styles is making the intercontinental title more relevant the u.s title is trying to make apollo cruz more relevant and at the end of the day it's going to take apollo um to connect with the fans on an emotional level we've talked about that before um yeah i gotta agree with you uh, uh, on everything except for the, the Street Profits and, and the War Raiders. Man, I, I actually enjoyed that. It was kind of uh, entertaining. It was that uh, goofy-ass uh, sports entertainment that uh, we've known from WWE for a while, and I actually got a chuckle out of the fucking ninjas and Tazawa getting involved at Backlash and things like that, and the fucking the, the turkey leg flying like the, the, the hammer that Thor wields, you know? Um, it was, <laughs> me and my wife were actually watching it, just fucking just, like, what the fuck is this? She, she hated it, but I was, I was laughing the whole time, you know? Um. Thank, so, thank God for, <laughs> thank, thank God for your wife, bro, because that whole segment was terrible. It was atrocious, man. I loved it, man. How long, when was this again? This was, this was on the weekend, right? That, that, that backlash happened, right? Backlash, backlash yeah, I think, um. Last Sunday. Last Sunday, you know, right? Recap. Maybe, 
Maybe maybe it was the head injury. That I'm gonna blame it on the head injury. It might have been the head injury. It might have been, but I was I was enjoying it. And <laughs> I, I love how they're getting Christian back involved uh with this edge storyline and you know that edges out. Uh, yep. You know. Yeah. So what is it four what or is eight it? months? Yeah, I think it's a, what was it, a tour bicep with the, when it comes to edge? Yeah, I think it's a tricep. Tricep, uh, there you go. Tour tricep. He's yeah. out for six to eight months. Um, okay, so let's talk about the, the quote-unquote greatest wrestling match ever. Um, this is what I have to say about that, and then I'll get your thoughts on it. The match was good. I enjoyed the match. It had me glued to my seat. I think they went close to 45 minutes. I'm not mistaken. It was a long time that they were going. But the match was great. Um, the only thing I, I wasn't really into was the... I wasn't into the... The what you call it? The using everybody else's finish? No, 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 no. I, I, I was I was into that. The thing that I wasn't oh, into okay. was um the added the piped in crowd noise. I wasn't into that at all. Yeah. I didn't like oh, that. I didn't like that at all. I know they shot it a little bit differently because you had like an underneath camera here. That didn't bother me either. But for the most part, I'm I'm pretty positive on the match. I thought the match was really really good. I'll, I'll tell you what, though, if you take away this whole COVID situation and let's say this match would have happened in an actual arena on a pay-per-view in front of a, a real live crowd, this is probably one of those matches that you could be talking at the end of the year as, you know, top 10, maybe match of the year because the match was really, really good. I don't think it was better than AJ and Brian from SmackDown, but what hurts that match besides them not being in front of a real arena, it was the commercial breaks. It kind of took you away from the match a little bit. But, but I don't think it was a better match than AJ and Brian. But hey, man, Edge and Orange should be very proud of what they did. I just wish it would have happened in an arena in front of a live crowd. Yeah, they, they put on a hell of a, a match. And, you know, uh, CM Punk on backstage actually touched on this where, like, to put that kind of pressure on Edge where he's been out of the ring for, for this long. And this is really, like, his first wrestling match because you could say, the Royal Rumble is the Royal Rumble. You, right. You, know, you do your greatest hits, and you throw some people out, and then you go over the top rope. Right. Uh, you know, a last man standing, or, you know, uh, I forget the, the actual gimmick that they It, it was a last man standing match. Yeah. You could, me and Mario could do a match like that, you know, uh, using, you know, tables, chairs, and things like that. You know, it doesn't take that that much talent to to do a hardcore match, if you will. If, if, you know, I know it's a last man standing match. It's a hardcore match. It's the same bullshit. They're using weapons. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, um, but to put that kind of pressure on Edge, where this is actually his first real wrestling match, where you're actually dealing with, you know, the confines of the rules of professional wrestling, I put air quotes up when, you, when I say rules, because are there really rules anymore? You know, that's up for you to decide. I say no, but, um, man, they did a fucking great, great job. A great right. job. Right. You know, um, phenomenal, if, if you will. And um, I, I didn't mind the piping crowd noise. The one thing that I did mind, even though I know that it's an homage and a tribute, was the ghost of Howard Finkel uh, introducing them uh, with the MSG you know, old school microphone. And then uh, Little Nate dressed up like the old school referee from the 1980s. I was like, what the fuck? Is this going to be like in the new video game where like you could pick great 
greatest wrestling match of all time, and you get an old school ref, and like the MSG thing falls down from the from the you know roof of the venue. Like I don't, I didn't get that. I, you know, I understand it's entertainment, but it was just it was just a little hokey for me. But um, yeah, man, props to them because that was that was a big moniker to live up to. I mean, was it the greatest wrestling match ever? No, but they damn sure delivered. It was definitely one of the greatest wrestling matches of the year. So you know, props to them. I can't believe you didn't like the Howard Finkel one. That has, like, Sam Rain all over. It's something that you would like. No, I was kind of like, what the fuck? The ghost of Howard Finkel just going to show up and... I, I, didn't, I didn't mind it because I knew they were trib- giving a tribute to Howard. And I didn't mind the whole... I, I do. This is what I, I will agree that I think it was hokey, but it didn't bother me. The fact that Little Nate, uh, uh Charles Robinson was dressed up as, like, an old school referee, I thought that was a little bit hokey, but... I didn't, I didn't, like, look at him less or look at the match less or look at what they were giving us less. I just think they're, they're trying to kind of make this match a big deal. So that's why they added the Howard uh, Finkel tribute and they added Little Nate dressing up like, you know, an old school referee. So that, that didn't bother me. But I'm kind of shocked that that really you wasn't into that because I feel like that's uh, something that I, w- I would have thought that that would have been something you would have been all over. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this, man? Let the man rest in peace. Listen, you're talking about the same fucking company that had CM Punk bounce bounce around a urine that had Paul Paul, uh, Bear's ashes in. Yeah, and going back to that, and everybody says Paul Bear would have loved that. I think, think, um, you know, uh, Howard Finkel would have got a kick out of still being, you know, featured even after his passing. So, you know, it's just... me personally, not not for me, but I'm sure you know he he would have enjoyed just to be you know involved in in the show. Um, man, it it, it like I said, just it was a tough moniker to live up to, and they they did a damn good job, uh, you know, trying to live up to it. Uh, I'm trying to think of the rest of the show. Uh, what else stood out to me? Uh, backlash. Let's see. What was uh, what else was on the card there? Yeah. Well, I mean, just the fact oh, that you don't remember. I I'm, I remember what happened on the card, but just the fact that you don't remember it says that we don't really have to talk about it. <laughs> well, you got to I'm, I'm dealing with memory issues ever since I bopped my head. So, um, man, I, I I'm just I, the only thing that stands out is the fucking turkey leg. But other than that. <laughs> that's a, and that and, and with you saying that, that means we got to move on. Because if what stands out for you in backlash is a fucking turkey leg, we got to talk about something else, brother. Yeah, that's true. All right, true. let's talk about NXT. What's going on in NXT? This is something that has me glued into WWE TV that I'm really enjoying. So El Hijo de Fantasma, about two weeks ago, unmasked himself. Okay, he has a trio now. All right. He changed his name so Santos Escobar is kind of like a cartel type gimmick. New cruiserweight champion. They beat the crap out of Drew, uh, um, Drew, fucking Drake Maverick. Yo, man, this dude is money. And I, he, you heard it here first, cause I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say something that people are thinking that they're not fucking saying. Santos Escobar on the mic, all right. And we know the man can wrestle, but as a full package here, gimmick wise, him on the mic is money. And Andrade. And fucking Angel Garza wishes they could be Santos Escobar. Because this guy is fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, he's very comfortable in his role. And uh, I agree with you 100%. They've been looking for the next uh, big Latino star for years. 
passing. They tried with Del Rio, and they they tried with Kalisto. They brought Rey Mysterio back, and now I feel like now they finally got somebody here that can actually take that moniker of the top Latino superstar in WWE. Once he's moved up to SmackDown or Raw, this guy is going to turn heads. This guy is going to draw money. You know, he's super comfortable in, in his character already. You can see it. He exudes confidence. The guy can work in the ring. So, you know, for guys that are, oh, well, he can't work. Well, he can work. Oh, well, he can't talk on a mic. What's his character? He's got a character, and he can work on a mic. This guy is the full package. So this might be the the star that WWE's been looking for for right. the last 10 to 15 years. Um, I'm very excited to see, you know, where it goes and excited to, to see how this actually will bring the cruiserweight title to relevance because this guy holding this belt, it's going to bring this belt to the next level because for the longest time, especially when Enzo held it, we were kind of like, what the fuck is this purple piece of shit? Now they've changed the strap on it. They put it on a guy that can actually work and is going to become a, a superstar. And in a couple years from now, we're going to look back and say, man, that cruiserweight title really, you know, could propel people because that's exactly what it's going to do for Escobar here. You know and what I, I mean? And I just like, and I, I think it's a, a good spot for Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild, uh, formerly DJZ, to be the the you know the part uh, part of this uh, El Legado de Fantasma. That's their um, that's their fucking uh, stable name. It kind of reminds me like WWE's real version of Lij. I know they try to do something with Zelina Vega's uh, little stable when um, Austin Theory was there, and you, you obviously have Angel Garza and Andrade. But I feel like this right here, what we're getting between uh Santos and you got Joaquim and Raul Mendoza. I think this is like their version of LIJ if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. I could definitely see the comparison there. Mm-hmm. And uh you gotta remember when uh you're talking about that raw situation, you got that Vince McMahon filter and Triple H is pretty much held to his, his own own standard down there in, right. in NXT's you know, hopefully, you know, Hopefully Vince doesn't sprinkle his Vince dust on him down the line and fuck this whole thing up. But, um, yeah, uh, as of right now, it's looking like money in the fucking bank for this, for this guy. Um, He's a star, yeah. dude. He, he, I'm telling you, and this is no disrespect to Andrade and Angel Garza because I like them. I'm fans of those two guys, too. But they wish they could be like but Santos Escobar because the dude's money. The dude is fucking yeah. money. The closest... The closest to him would be Angel. I like Angel Garza a lot, and he's got a ton of potential, but he he doesn't exude the kind of confidence, if you will. That, you know, you know, you know what it is between Andrade and Angel Garza. Just to kind of remove um, Santos Escobar from the conversation real quick, I think Andrade's better in ring than Angel. Yeah. I like Angel Garza. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that he should in the ring. So. Before the, you know, the, the fucking slap dicks that listen to this podcast. Like, oh, Ma- Mario said the Angel Garza is trash. No, that's not what I said. I just think Andrade in the ring is definitely tighter than Angel Garza. But yeah. Angel Garza is more charismatic than yeah, Andrade. Definitely, definitely, definitely. You know what I mean? Um, 
Definitely. And this is doing great things for, for Drake Maverick, too, coming out of, you know, that whole, uh, you know, losing your job right. uh, storyline. You know, now he's got the this back, you know, the card stacked against him. Right. And, it it kind of makes and, you think. It, first of all, I'm happy for Drake because he's, that's one thing we talked about, like, after that match between him and El Hijo de Fantasma, right, at the time when he was still that. We talked about, like, okay. He got an NXT contract. I hope they do something with him because if they gave him a contract just for him to job out or like not be involved in the program, what's the point of keeping him in the company, right? But they put him now in this story with Santos Escobar. They're going to continue this feud. So now it kind of makes you wonder like, okay, what is what is Drake going to do now? Is he going to call some of his UK buddies to back him now? Yeah. Why the hell not? You know what I mean? Um... Or even, yeah, you gotta step in and take some of these guys from from NXT UK because you know they're not working. But the thing is, getting them over here, right? Uh, how do you know? How do we get them over here with this whole COVID thing? I know that planes are, are moving. You know, they're 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 moving. I just don't know internationally how hard it is to get somebody you know across customs and things like that right, right now. Right. You know, with work visas and things like that. So we'll see what where it brings them down the line, but I'm definitely excited to see, uh, you know, where, where it winds up. Yeah, me and, too, man. You know what I mean? Definitely. And, and especially a couple of years from now when, when we're talking about Santos Escobar, because like, like we've been saying, this guy is money. Yeah, man. All right, let's talk about the NXT Championship picture, because some interesting events took place this past Wednesday night. Adam Cole came out saying that he, you know, he's been doing his regular shtick, saying that he's the greatest NXT champion of all time, which I do agree with that statement. And then you got um, Keith Lee coming out. Uh, Keith Lee, before uh, him coming out to the ring, there was a backstage segment between Adam Cole and Keith Lee. Um, Adam Cole was looking at this, like, um, what do you call those? Them little, them little uh, powder gimmicks that's like a time thing. Like, you know, it has like powder in it and it's like going down. What do you call those things? Oh, man. You know what I'm talking about, right? It's the sand clock. Yeah, the sand clock gimmick. Well, anyways. Um, Hourglass. So the, <laughs> so, the week, so the week prior, Scarlett did uh, show up to Adam Cole. Uh, and showed, showed up to Adam Cole and showed up with one of those gimmicks or whatever. So Adam Cole at this week is just kind of staring at it. And then Keith Lee came out, right? North American champ. Kind of broke the glass gimmick and was like, Kind of saying, calling, calling Adam out, saying he wants to be a double champ. So, you know, Adam Cole comes out. He's talking his shit. Keith Lee comes out. They're having a conversation. Um, you know, Adam Cole saying that, you know, he wants to be a champ champ, baby. He wants to hold both championships. Out comes Johnny Gargano. Now, Johnny Gargano's, put, you know, he's saying that he has a pin over Keith Lee. He wants to come for that North American championship. And then, gun for Adam Cole. Out comes Finn Balor. So pretty much we know what's going to happen here. William Regal pops up on the screen saying, next week we're going to get a triple threat match for the North American Championship. All right, it's going to be Keith Lee defending against Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano. The winner of that match will face Adam Cole for the NXT World Championship. So my question to you, Sam, is are we going to see a double champ here or are we going to see like a fagazi Schmas finish where maybe somebody interferes or, like, you know, I don't know, man. I don't think we're going to see a double champ, to be honest with you. 
No, I don't think so either, especially when they introduced the, the hourglass, uh, you know, uh, last week or so. Um, man, I, I really think that uh, Killer Cross or Karrion Cross is going to get involved somehow, some way. So I really don't think that we're going to see a, a double champ down the line. But, you know, it's a great draw for NXT uh, with this triple threat because, you know, these are three main adventures, if you will. Um, you know, going to be headlining uh, almost like a pay-per-view caliber match uh, on free TV. So um, it's it's a great match to put up against AEW on Wednesday night, but I really right. feel like we're going to see Killer Cross somehow, some way get involved in this, uh, you know, before the next takeover. Well, what's interesting enough, I, I love the fact that you just brought up the whole, um, this is a great match to put head-to-head with AEW because the winner of this North American Championship Triple Threat match that faces Adam Cole will be the same week as the first night of Fighter Fest for AEW. So they're counter-programming here. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna watch Fighter Fest. Oh, I think. Well, we already made it. We I think we already made it clear to people that you know listen to our show and stuff that we always give the rating our views to AEW. Yeah, because you know. WWE gets ten bucks each from us because we both have the network. So. Right, right. So we could always watch it. And me personally, I, I DVR both because I don't. Nine times out of ten, I'm not watching it live. Live. I'm usually watching like maybe an hour or two delay. So if I'm getting home like at nine thirty or whatever, I'm watching AEW first and then I'll watch NXT. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, it is what it is. Um, NXT's been put on some great stuff. Um. And I, I even like some of the newer characters that have been popping up, like uh, Dexter Loomis. I like him a lot, too. That was the uh, formal, in Impact Wrestling, he was uh, Shaw. Uh, Shane, was it Shane Shaw? Uh, Shaw something. Uh, but he had a similar gimmick in Impact. Like, he hasn't changed his gimmick at all. The only thing he did was change his name. Well, they changed yeah. his name in WWE. He comes off um, like... I don't know if you ever watched Dexter on, uh, you know, Showtime. I think that was the channel it was on. But he comes off like Dexter when Dexter was going to actually commit a murder. Uh, so I, I like the, the comparison, like Dexter Morgan, Dexter Loomis, uh, especially even in his ring gear. He kind of looks like uh, Dexter. Well, I uh, never watched Dexter, but I've, you know, read and heard people like yourself uh, making the comparison to, to Dexter, the actual show. And I'm about to, you know, tell you something right now about Dexter Loomis. That you're you're gonna start liking him even more in Impact Wrestling. His name was Samuel Shaw. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> you know, another Sam out there. You know, you know what? You know what? You know what I like about uh Dexter uh Loomis too. I like his theme song because it reminds me of Stranger Things. Yeah, it's very like ominous, if you will. Right. You know I mean, it, right. It doesn't hit like you know some of the generic rock themes. That yeah. Lately, yeah. you know, it fits the character too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, over the past couple of weeks, I know I've, I've shit on Cowboys, but I've actually uh, become a bit of a fan of uh, Cameron Got- Grimes here. Oh, it's- the addiction I- for contradiction! Here we go. <laughs> Look, we talked about people changing earlier in the podcast. And, you know, if somebody can uh, win me over, I'm gonna put them over. So, uh, Cameron Grimes, oh. man, you've been doing your thing. I know you're gonna listen to us. Maybe if you do hear this, you know, you're doing your thing. Keep doing it, man. Um, you know, uh, oh, I, I'm really man. enjoying it. Like I said, he comes off like, I don't know, 
like again, I'm always making comparisons, but he comes off like uh, one of the characters in Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, I can't pin his name oh, right now, man. but he comes off like one of the like the shitty guys uh, that was in that group uh, of um, bandits, if you will, when he played through it. So, um, man, and he's a great in-ring talent. Him and Finn Balor had an amazing match a couple weeks ago. Right. So um, NXT is definitely doing their thing, man. Um, yep. Definitely doing a thing. I, I just get a kick every time you contradict yourself. So. <laughs> Changing and learning. And, you know, if I can uh, change my opinion on something, I will. Because we were all here to, to learn from each other. I know. I'm just busting your balls, brother. <laughs> all right. Uh, two more things on the WWE front. So... Let's um let's try because I know it's kind of hard because you know the time that we're living in and all these allegations coming out. But um, you know WWE surprisingly, which I'm kind of shocked, they didn't edit out Matt Riddle's um debut on Friday Night SmackDown, and he showed up. Uh, AJ had a, a Intercontinental Championship celebration in the ring with a whole bunch of talent outside of the ring. Uh, some of those talents were Daniel Bryan, you got Drew Gulak there, Baron Corbin, Sheamus, Cesaro, um, you had some, uh, Chad Gable, there was talent around the ring, your boy, Otis, was there too, looking, oh, yeah. looking like a slap dick and a half, but, um, yeah, so, okay, so we, we had the Inter- Intercontinental Championship celebration, where, by the way, I, I just want to point out, not just because I'm an AJ Styles mark, all right? But man, that title on AJ, it looks like something, brother. It looks like yeah. something. It didn't look the same on uh on same thing. This this title oh, looks beautiful. Or or on Nakamura. It, it didn't even look like a big thing on Nakamura, but for whatever reason, on AJ yeah. Styles, it looks like a big thing. Like that title to me, the design could be like for a world championship. That's how good it looks. Yeah, it, it does. It looks it looks amazing. It definitely looks amazing, and um, you know, uh, I wasn't really sold on it at first. To be honest with you, I was like, "It looks okay. Like the title is good. It wasn't like super ugly, like how you know we should on the TNT title or anything like that." Uh, it was a big change, you know, especially with the Intercontinental title. I know the title that. Anybody our age. I love that championship so much. Like, like, and part of me, don't get me wrong, as much as this title looks beautiful on AJ, part of me still wishes that AJ still had the old school title, you know? Yeah. yeah. A- anybody that's in their 30s, uh, even their 40s, has a connection uh, to that classic uh, Intercontinental Championship, you know? Um, but I will say this, on AJ's style shoulder, it looks amazing. That new design looks absolutely phenomenal, if you will. To, to add on to what you're saying, too, it's not that we weren't sold on it yet, because the design is a dope-looking design, but it's kind of like we didn't want to accept that this is the new Intercontinental Championship. Like, if it would have been, like, a new NXT title, I think we would have been okay with it. But the fact that wow. it was, like, um, I think, me personal, personally, I, don't, I, I can't speak for you, but, like, for me, the way I looked at it was, like, why did you change the Intercontinental Championship design? That design is beautiful. You should have changed the United States Championship design, not the IC, because the IC Championship is beautiful. But um, for whatever reason, man, um, credit goes to AJ, because on AJ, that title looks like something, and it looks, it looks like 
It looks big. And I don't mean big physically, but it looks like the championship, if you know what I mean. It looks like the championship, like how us fans with the old school Intercontinental Championship back in the 90s, how we loved it so much and was like, yo, that's the championship. Yeah, there's the there's the there's the the big the 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 Wing Ingle Championship that Hogan's wrestling with or whatever, but the IC Championship, that's where the money's at. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the same vibe that I get. But um yeah, man, Matt Riddle doesn't get edited out and he gets his big debut. It makes me wonder exactly how they're going to be moving forward with him and his character after these allegations. Um, he's he's definitely doing a good job of no selling it on Twitter. He's got right. you know pictures of him and his wife going out to eat, and she's got this big smile on her face, and it doesn't look like you know uh, a fake smile. She looks genuinely happy when she's sitting there with her husband. So, um, if, you know, who knows where this is going to go moving forward? Um, you know, when when it comes to the SmackDown situation, but. One week isn't going to ruin anything if they do decide to write him off. We've seen Mr. Kennedy come back and throw a Lakers jersey on and, you know. And get fired. He's nowhere to be seen. Yeah, he's fired. So, um, you know, it's not the first time that, you know, they've had to pivot. Uh, So, you know, it it was a little too late to edit them out, to be honest with you, you with the COVID situation. This is is what I will say. Let's remove, like, the allegations and all that stuff that's been coming out. Let's remove that from the picture and let's act like that didn't happen. And what we'll, and we got what we got on Friday Night SmackDown. While the match with Riddle and AJ was good, I was not a fan. Not of the match, but I was not a fan of the fact that we got that match and that Riddle got a clean win on AJ. Like, this is your new IC champion. Like, you're already having catching an L to a debuting star that has, like, he has, like, you know, he has the backing from the company. I don't think AJ should have been the one doing the job. He's your new champion. Now, if AJ didn't win the Intercontinental Championship, right, let's say he wasn't in the tournament and he was just talking his shit and, you know, kind of wrapping up some, you know, wins from, you know, underneath talent and then he just talking smack and then Matt Riddle comes out and then you have a match and then Matt Riddle would have beat him, I would have been cool with that because, you know, now AJ just took a big L from Matt Riddle. But the fact that he's now your new IC champion and you already have him jobbing out, why didn't you build up to that? Let's build up to this feud. I just, me personally, wasn't a fan of it, man. Yeah, I, I could see that point. Um, but it's not the first time they've put AJ in a, in a weird situation. I mean, he's lost to El- Ellsworth in the, in the past. Um, and, you know, it, it, I guess we'll see how the story plays out. I can see why you're frustrated with it because it's his first match after winning the championship. And not only does it make AJ look bad, but if you really look into it and dig deep, it kind of makes Daniel Bryan look bad because he's the one who actually lost. Right. For the time. So right. you're doing two guys at this thir- disservice if you really like dig deep into it. But like, uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I did not watch the match. I don't know how it ended. Uh, so I don't Watch the match. Like, it was good. It was good. It was definitely worth checking out. So how did he beat him? Did he like quick roll him up, or was it? No, he hit him with his finish. The 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 what is it? The bro Derek. The it's like uh, a, a you know what's funny? Looking at that move, it's kind of like an inverted Styles clash in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see the comparison. Um, yeah, uh, we'll see where it goes. You know, AJ could always come out the next week and say, you know, at, you know, as heels do. Excuse me, as heels do. You know, I wasn't. You know, my mind wasn't there. Uh, you know, 
I was making up excuses and things like that. You know, uh, he just called a, it was beginner's luck. And, right. And ready to come out. You know, they could always clean it up. But yeah, I can see where, where you're frustrated with that, uh, especially you know because a, AJ he's he's put in the the work. You know what I mean? Like this guy should, should be respected. He's a future Hall of Famer. Uh, I I literally think he's our modern day version of Shawn Michaels. Yeah, me too. Guy, I I think so too. I think from in ring work wise, and I, and I know that AJ and Sean, you know, their style isn't exactly the same, but when it comes to in ring psychology and in ring work ethic, he is our Shawn Michaels, and a lot of people in the in- industry have said that. Ric Flair has said it. Undertaker has said it. Stone Cold has said it. He is this time Shawn Michaels. He's just that good. He's a type of person that could wrestle a broom and get a match out of it, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, um, you know, going on to SmackDown, I, I, like I said, didn't uh, watch SmackDown, but, you know, I've been watching highlights. It looks like Bray Wyatt has brought back uh, Wyatt Family Bray. Uh, I didn't see the entire promo. But I did see a clip of it, and it, it looked great. It, it looked like he said something to the effect is, I created you, Braun, and now I'm going to destroy you. Um, man, this is great. If we could get like a three faces of Foley situation out of Bray Wyatt here, where now he's got these different personas that he could you know, go to the closet and, and go, oh, I could be Mr. Rogers. Oh, I could be cult leader. Oh, I could be the Fiend. I, I'm here for it. I like it. This really is something I've been saying for months that they've needed to do with Bray. We need to see the many faces of Bray like we're seeing the many faces of Matt Hardy in AEW. This is a missed... This was, not now, but this was a missed opportunity that they could have been doing, but I'm glad they're capitalizing it now. I'm looking forward to see uh, cult leader, the eater of worlds, Bray Wyatt, like... Wrestle again on SmackDown. I'm I'm ready for the entrance, like you know him showing up with the with the lantern, saying I'm here, and then blowing the lantern out, and he comes out. I'm I'm ready to listen to his theme song again. Bray, this version of Bray Wyatt, while I love the Fiend and I love the 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 Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt. Don't get me wrong, both of those characters are good because Bray Wyatt, he's a fucking genius. All right, but man, Eater of Worlds, Cult Leader Bray Wyatt. That character is so underrated and was very underutilized because WWE, they just didn't want to pull the plug on it, and I don't understand why. That would, that could have been the modern-day Undertaker if they would have just pulled the plug, gave him that WrestleMania win. He could have had a WrestleMania undefeated streak if you think about it. When, he did, when his first Mania was against Cena, he could have won that match. He could have won his match against Taker. This guy could have had wins. He could have beat Randy. He could have beat Randy Orton at Mania too. He could have been racking up wins and had his own undefeated streak. And you know WWE just didn't pull the trigger on it. I hope now that the dude is making money with this Firefly Funhouse and Fiend gimmick. Yo, just let this man go, bro. Let this man go. And to be honest with you, if we get this cult leader Bray Wyatt to stick around for a bit, I would not mind seeing him get that Universal Championship back from Braun Strowman. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you. So you're you're with it. You don't want to see Bray uh, Braun Strowman with the title anymore? Nah, bro. He's a you know what? He's a forget. He's a forgettable champion. You know. Um, I, I will say this, which I hate even admitting. You already know that I'm I'm have not been a fan of Bailey 
during this heel run. Not at all, right? She went to forgettable champion to being a really annoying, over-the-top champion. But I will say this. Even though she's being over-the-top and she's being annoying, and me personally, I don't believe her as a heel, she actually matters more now as a champion than Braun Strowman being Universal Champion. I'll give her that. I agree. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of, of, of Bailey, and you know, we we disagree uh, on uh, some things when it comes to Bailey and uh, and uh, the Boston Hug connection. <laughs> Say, do you see that they came out and said they're better than the Hardy Boys? But l- listen, listen, listen. <laughs> Sasha Banks, yo, I made a complete 180 on her. I love Sasha Banks. I love me some Sasha Banks. She she took that long break and she came back. I think she's been hitting money, and at times I think they under underutilize her. I think she's great. Now, Bailey, on the other hand, eh, maybe not so much. But I will say that she does matter more as a champion now than she did a couple months months ago. And also, you know, she they, they're giving them a lot of TV time. And whether you like them or not, you're kind of invested with the story that they're going with and they're telling. I can't say the same thing about Braun Strowman. I just don't care about him being Universal Champion. I agree 100%. I don't... I don't know if it's because the fans are missing or not hearing them uh, say, uh, get these hands. And I don't know what it is, man, but it's just really like fucking plain toast. You know what I mean? <laughs> they just giving me some crunchy ass bread. You know what I mean? Like, damn. It's not oh, even fresh bread. It's old. Nah, it's stale. It's stale. There's no sesame seed. Nothing, bro. Nothing. I asked for a drink to give me water. You know what I mean? It's to the like, point that, it like, does... it's like that's the type of bread that you feed, like, pigeons and shit. Yeah, even the pigeons don't want it. So, <laughs> yeah, man. Bray, I definitely want to see him with the title again. You know, a lot of people were complaining about his how to run with the fiend. But, like, like you said, if we could continue on with uh, the Eater of Worlds, Bray, and not change the title to a goofy-ass plastic face, um, I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it, 100%. Me too, brother. Me too. All right, let's talk about a little bit of uh, Impact Wrestling, man. Um, They've been doing some good stuff the recent weeks. And guess what? Tessa Blanchard is still the champ. She's still the Impact World Champion, and they announced at Slammiversary there's going to be a five-way where she will be defending against Michael Elgin, Eddie Edwards, Trey Miguel, and Ace Austin. Um, I'm into this match, dude. I think it's going to be a great match live on pay-per-view. Yeah, I, I don't think she'll walk out with the championship because of what we've seen recently with this whole COVID thing and right. how hard it is to get somebody that's now living outside of the United States into the United States and everything like that. So I think this is a, a good way for her to lose the championship without her losing credibility and without taking away the, the monumental like momentum that she's had as the first female to hold, like, the heavyweight championship of, of a, a, you know, a, a wrestling promotion. Right. So, this five-way, it's not elimination, right? So, if, you know, somebody pins yep. somebody, that's it. It's almost like, you know, anybody could win at any time. So, this is, you know, in my opinion, a good way to take it off. Or will they take it off? Or I don't know. But I, if I were the company, I would. And I would, I would give it to somebody that's living within the continent of the United States. Right. Uh, just... You know, because we don't know what the next couple months holds with this whole pandemic thing. Yeah, man. Um, if this is if there, there's any opportunity to take the 
the title from Tessa Blanchard. And I'm not saying that, it, listen, if this COVID thing was going on, I, I wouldn't have mind Tessa still remaining as champion. But due to the climate that we're living in right now, if there's any opportunity to take that title away from her and off of her, it would be now. And if she doesn't get pinned, like you said, the credibility's still there. She still has a claim where she goes like, hey, I never got pinned. I deserve my shot. And also, to throw a curveball in there, you still got Moose over here walking around with the TNA World Championship, so he's still claiming that he's a world champion. So somewhere down the line, you, we, we don't know what's going to happen here. If Tessa goes rogue and saying like, okay, you don't want to give me my rematch, I'm not getting my rematch, I'll find my way. Who knows? We might get a program between Tessa and Moose. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about that uh, before, and you know we both, you know, are, are here for that too. To see the two polar opposites, um, you know, I, I would love to see that, you know. And um, Impact Wrestling has definitely come a long way from where it was uh, years ago. Um, when is Slam Anniversary? Uh, I believe Slam Anniversary. I think is like, uh, I think it's like July, like maybe the first or second week of July, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. Alright, so I'm actually going to try and uh, and order that one. Yeah, man, yeah. you know, um, kind of what to piggyback on what you were saying, you know, the last two and a half, almost three years, Impact Wrestling has been doing a lot of changes. And, uh, you know, they have a stack roster. There's rumors of, of them possibly bringing back the Knockouts Tag Championships because, you know, their women's roster is deep. So I think if, there, if there's any opportunity to, to bring back those titles and actually stand and mean for something because i think the first um the first time those titles were brought up i mean i think they had a a good uh they they did it with good reasons but i think it ended up being like kind of a, a joke those titles but now with their women's roster being so stacked i think there's an opportunity to do something with them that actually means for something if you know what i mean yeah absolutely absolutely all right so talking about moose uh he actually defended his uh you know, TNA World Championship against Hernandez this week because, you know, he's claiming that he's the real world champion of the company. And something interesting happened during that match. During the match, um, after he picked up the win, they didn't play Moose's theme song. They played EC3's theme song. And they're uh, kind of playing with the fact like, hey, is, is EC3 going to show up? And if you haven't been watching the promos that they've been doing for to promote Slammiversary, they've been running this gimmick where it's kind of like a news, uh, kind of like a newsroom or whatever, like a like somebody giving the news. And he was like, "Hey, um, due to the pandemic, uh, a lot of wrestling superstars have been uh, uh, future endeavored, and and they've been using that as and they'll show like glimpses of like whole bunch of wrestlers that they got uh, released from WWE, and they also been showing wrestlers that former World Impact World Champions." that are not signed with the WWE and, you know, they might be in different companies or whatever, and they've been using that as a promo um, that, you know, potentially one, two, or maybe more could show up at Slammiversary. They also ran a package after Impact Wrestling two weeks ago where Michael Elgin's talking about, talking to someone on the phone. He never says his name, but he goes like, hey, you know, us Canadians got to stick together. So a lot of people were speculating, like, hey, maybe it's EY, maybe it's Eric Young. Um, what's your feelings about uh, potential superstars uh, that were let go from WWE, you know, showing up in Slammiversary. Who would you like to see, and do you think it's a good idea? Man, I think it's a great idea for Eric Young and EC3 to go back because that's where they were known as top, you know, talent, as top guys, as main eventers. So why the hell not? I mean, we've talked about AEW having a stacked roster already. Where exactly does EC3 fit when you have MJF there already? 
Right. You know what I mean? Um, I think it would be in his best interest to go back to Impact Wrestling because that's where he could be utilized the best way, and that's where he already has, like, a main, like, following, like, with the fans already. He already has a connection with them, and he's already looked at it, like, as a top guy over there. Same thing with Eric Young, you know? Um, There's not much room for an Eric Young in AEW. Right. And you think about it, like, they only got two hours on TNT, and they only got an hour on, on uh, YouTube. And, you know, uh, after being utilized so so terribly in, in WWE, it would be in his best in- interest to go back to Impact. And, you know, when he was with TNA back in the day, you know, this guy had his own reality show. You know what I mean? He was looked at as, you know, one of the top guys in, in the company. So why not Eric go Young, Eric Young was Impact TNA's version of Daniel Bryan. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, why not go back to a company that you know will treat you right, that you know you'll be utilized correctly, uh, and isn't something new. You know, they say, you know, go with the devil that you know instead of the one that you don't know. And I'm not calling Tony Khan a devil, but what I'm saying is, you know, just if you're already familiar, why change why change it up? It, right. You know, it, I think if fans were in the building, they would get a tremendous pop coming through the the curves, you know, especially in Eric Young, who right. was really, you know, I think uh, held held up by by Impact Wrestling fans, you know, and the wrestling fans of, of Impact Wrestling were highly disappointed by the way he was used in WWE. I think it started off great in NXT with Sanity and things like that, but you know, that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. You get lost in the shuffle. So. Absolutely, I definitely agree with you on that. All right, let's talk about some AEW stuff before we wrap up the show. How do you yeah. feeling about this uh, Chris Jericho Orange Cassidy feud? I'm into it, man. Uh, I think Jericho really making Orange Cassidy uh, bigger than what he was already. Like we already know how over Orange Cassidy is, but I think this feud with Jericho is adding more credi- credibility to Orange Cassidy. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that the right direction to go is an Orange Cassidy win. Uh, Jericho is at a point where, you know, he, he's the Terry Funk of AEW as Terry Funk was to ECW. He's making them credible and a loss does not hurt him at all, you know, and he hasn't taken many losses. I think the only time that he's lost is, is to Dean Ambrose or John Moxley. Yeah. And he doesn't need a win over Jericho. He's already got a win over Jericho in WWE. This, you know, so... For Jericho to put o- over Orange Cassidy, I think that would speak volumes because nobody else besides the people that are in inner circle are have gotten over with Jericho in the ring. You know what I mean? So if anybody deserves it, it's it, it's Orange Cassidy. Right. At first, I didn't understand the gimmick, and then I got it, and I think it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. almost like um, he's almost like a cartoon character. Right. You know I mean? Right. He's got his hands in his pockets, and he, you know, he's always trying to like just dip and dodge. It's, it's like a, a frustrating situation. He, he's to, very, well, he's very Looney Tunes, Hanna Barbera, Jace. Yes, yes, and I think that him and Jericho could have a very funny, yes, entertaining, good wrestling match. Well, I mean, the know? dude, and then I think the misconception of Orange Cassidy is it is that the dude can't wrestle, and he no, he could wrestle because if even if you go back to AEW's Revolution. Um, in Chicago, he had a great match with Pac. Yeah, yeah, that's actually 
uh, I hope it's on your list uh, of uh, of uh, top wrestling matches of the year. Is that match and the tag team match that night were my favorites of the night. You right. Know what I mean, right, right. Um, definitely favorites of, of of this year so far. You know, twenty twenty hasn't really given us much to dig our teeth into because you know New Japan hasn't been going on, but. You know, as of right now, they they restarted, but um, for the majority of the year, they've been uh, you know out of it. So I, I I'm excited for it. I'm ex- I'm looking to this match like like the Pac or Orange Cassidy match. Like right. this could actually supersede it, mm-hmm. if you will, because you got somebody in there like Jericho who's got ten years on Pac. You know what I mean? Who knows tricks of the trade that Pac doesn't even know, and can be even more entertaining in a, in a comical sense. And the, after the comedy of the match gets done, they'll be able to draw us in and actually get us emotionally invested and go, "Oh shit! Oh, you know, oh, oh, you know, uh, the the roller coaster ride, if you will, of, of a wrestling match." So uh, I'm here for it, man. I just wish again that it was on pay per view or some kind of streaming. Um, because you wish it would have happened like on a Saturday where you have something to watch. Like y- like yesterday we had the GCW show that we could watch. Whoever wanted to you know pay like thirteen bucks on it on the fight app. But even if it was like on the BR live app like on a Saturday or Sunday, either one, I would have been cool with it. You know, it gives us something to look forward to. I, I think it kind of takes away a little bit um, that the fact that it's gonna be on Wednesday night. But uh, I I think all in all, I think it's still gonna be a good two nights if that makes any sense. My my biggest fear, and it's not my biggest fear, but like my biggest concern, if you will, for this match is commercial breaks. Because we saw this with the Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles situation where this is a match that is a five-star match. Right. It's a five-star, four-point-five, right. whatever you want to do, Dave right. Meltzer, kiss my ass, whatever you want to do. This is a great fucking match here. Right. But commercial breaks made you uninterested at times and you had to get brought back into the moment right we've seen AEW put the picture in picture but sometimes even the picture in picture gets you out of the moment because you got the fucking Geico gecko up there talking about some bullshit <laughs> and, you know what I'm saying? So, right right that's, that's the reason why I, I would rather have had to pay 60 bucks to watch these matches right. than to get it for free and go Okay, here comes fucking Jake from State Farm, fucking, you know, arguing with that lady about what kind of khakis he's got on. Uh, <laughs> the fact that you remember these commercials is hilarious. It is what it is, man. You, you know, know, you know what, you know what it is too. And kind of going back to you know what you're saying right now. Now, don't take my word for it because this is what uh it's been reported on their sheets when it comes to the Fighter Fest. Because it's going to be a, a two-night event. It's going to be... It's too big for just one night. It's been reported that for these two nights, there are... I don't know if they worked the deal already or it's going to be very limited commercials. So maybe for an Orange Cassidy and Jericho match, we might not even get commercials. Yeah. And that's that Tony Khan money. You know what I mean? That, you know, right. This, this guy is really highly invested in this product. Mm-hmm. So... All right, so more on the AEW front. We got two. Uh, we got two interesting debuts on AEW Dynamite. This one chick that I never even heard about. Her name is um, Abaddon. You know, it's kind of spelled out. It's spelled. It's kind of spelled out as abandoned. Yeah, her name is Abaddon. Uh, this chick, man, she just took whatever Rosemary's doing, whatever Sue Young is doing, whatever. Uh, my girl from um, 
from uh, what you call it from uh, NWA. What's her fucking name? She's the NWA champion. Um, oh my god, I forgot her name, bro. That's not good, man. Rosa. Uh, 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 fuck, Thunder Rosa, there you go, Thunder Rosa, I am so sorry, Thunder Rosa, I'm a big fan, but your your name just kind of escaped me real quick, but she took what those three ladies are doing, and just took it a notch way up, dude, her face look like it's burnt, like, it looks crazy, and then I just recently saw a picture of her, how she looks without the makeup and stuff, yo, she's a pretty girl, yeah, yeah, she's creepy as fuck looking. She's like the Marilyn Manson. Right, the right, very, very Marilyn Manson adjacent. Very Marilyn Manson adjacent. Yeah, um, and she, so. what happened? I said even more so because you got all the gore and blood makeup that she puts on there with the bleeding eyes and the contact. Right, and, 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 and she doesn't, and she didn't remove ribs to to blow her own penis either. Too. <laughs> I don't know if it's an urban urban. <laughs> No, but so so we have the debut of her, which I'm already into her gimmick. I think she's creepy looking in a good way, cause it's gonna it's gonna attract a lot of people. Like, yo, what the hell is this? And then my guy Ricky Starks from the NWA, he made his debut. He had an incredible match with Cody. He fell a little short, but man, this guy was a free agent because he ended um his contract expired with the NWA. Unfortunately, with everything that's happened with COVID and stuff, NWA hasn't uh been running any new shows or anything like that, but. Yo, this guy's money, man. This guy is he has like he he's an old school wrestler but with like a, a a new a new era twist to it. Um I love this guy. He's a former NWA television champion. He's great in the ring. Um charismatic as hell, Latino, and he had a great match with Cody Rhodes, man. Uh what you think about Ricky Starks and are you familiar with his work at all? Uh I really not cuz uh, I haven't really watched NWA. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I remember you and Leo giving me shit for for uh, not watching it, and I never got around to watching it. Right but from that match that I saw with uh, Cody, uh, it's, it's funny, as weird and as, as it sounds. I was actually in the hospital in my hospital bed watch, watching it uh, on Wednesday night, and uh, they, due to my circumstances, they acted, you know, being what they were. They were able to get me invested in it, you know. It's very different from watching it in the comfort of your home, especially because they usually have the TV up in the corner, right. you know. Just being, you know, there with an IV in your arm and everything like that, it's it's a totally different experience. But even with all that being said, they were able to get me emotionally invested as I was waiting around. And, um, man, I'm happy for him, man. I didn't know he was a Latino, so that's that's great, you know, uh, more Latinos in wrestling is always a great thing, and um, I'm, I'm happy with these two signings with, you know, how do you say it, Abandon or Abandon? I think it's Abaddon. I think you pronounce Abaddon. her name Abaddon. Yeah, well, what, however you say it, man, this, this girl's got a look, and she can go in the ring, and with Ricky Starks, like I said, this AEW roster is continuing to grow, and there's not much room left for right. a lot of guys be fighting for your spot it's going to become right. like a, a shark tank if you will you gotta you know you gotta come with it you better have an idea for your character to, to get tv time so uh i'm here for it man the more the better the roster is the better that you know the product that we're going to be getting 
Absolutely. Uh, down, you know, down the line. Absolutely, I agree. And for all you marks, like, who wants so-and-so to go AEW? Listen, AEW only has so much room. They already they have a stack roster as it is. Not everybody has to go to AEW. Once things start getting normalized, they have a run in MLW. They can have a run in Ring of Honor. They can have a run in Impact Wrestling. Or, you know, when NWA starts up again, you know, they can go to NWA because their product is great. Not everyone that's a fucking free agent has to go to fucking AEW. Hey, maybe they want to go across the fucking world and go to New Japan. They could do that too. Or maybe they yeah. just want to be an independent talent. Have a run in progress. Right, you know I mean? right, right. Well, you know what? Maybe progress wouldn't be a good promotion to mention because they're involved with all the gimmicks and stuff a that's happening right now. So maybe, maybe not progress. But any of these other promotions, right? Why not? But uh, not everybody has to go to AEW. Okay, lastly, lastly, Hey, uh, Sam, do you remember C.W. Anderson from EC Dub? Yeah, man. Yeah, we've seen him a bunch of times at House of Hardcore. He, he was a staple of the ECW arena. You know, he was in ECW. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, he, he's one of those mid-card guys from ECW that kind of gets forgotten. But anybody that followed ECW um, or lived in the Northeast and was a fan for, you know, it, Years knows C.W. Right. Anderson, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he announced his retirement yesterday. So, C.W. Anderson no more. Um, you know, he had a, a quick cup of coffee in WWE when uh, they did the WWE ECW. Um, that didn't last long at all. He was still working, though, throughout the years. Besides, um, you know, he was a great worker in ECW, a mid-card guy. But, you know, after that, he still, he still kept going, wrestling for smaller promotions and stuff. And he ended up... Uh, you know, we saw him at House of Hardcore a couple times, but he also, uh, most recently, he showed up in the NWA. You know, he had a cup of coffee at the NWA, too. So, um, you know, C.W. Anderson calling it quits, uh, hanging up his boots. Uh, respect to C.W. Anderson. Um, you know, I've never had any interaction with him besides watching him in the ring. Right. Um, he's kind of like one of them old school guys. You didn't really see him at a gimmick table very often. You know, he kind of just came in, did his thing, and and scooted out the back door, but, you know, it was always an entertaining match, uh, especially when they would bring him back in the House of Hardcore, uh, you know, they they would have that, that old-school feel, you know, sometimes some of the fans didn't recognize him because they don't remember him, because he doesn't, he's one of those guys that doesn't really stand out, right. you know what I mean? That's, he was very, his look was very plain Jane, but if you look at how, you saw him in the most recent years compared to his ECW days. He actually dropped a lot of weight. Yeah, yeah. And I think from what I've seen, because I, I never watched NWA. I never did. Uh, but from what I've seen, the little clips and things like that, I think he would have been a perfect fit for it. Now, where NWA goes from here on out after you know Dave and everything like that, this might play a big role in why he retired, because this might have been his last shot at glory. Right. Right. You know, and uh, now that we don't know about the future of NWA, he's probably like, hey, you know what? Um, I'm done, man. You right. Know? And he's at that age. You know, right, 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 right. Well, you know what? As a, as a wrestling fan, because I, I just love all professional wrestling, I want everybody to do good. So I hope that this Dave Lagana situation doesn't hurt the momentum of NWA because, you know, a lot of these promotions are getting affected because of COVID. I don't mean affected with COVID. I mean, like, they're affecting their business and the, the way they run business and the way they put out product. But I do hope I do hope that NWA 
does make a comeback because I believe in Billy Corgan. I've been believing in Billy Corgan when he was still working for TNA Impact Wrestling. So I still believe in his vision, and they have a great roster, man. So I hope that this is just a fork on the road with the whole Dave Lagana situation. Obviously, he resigned from the VP position. Hopefully, somebody else fills that role. And, you know, NWA can go forward because uh, I believe in their product. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, I got to get on it, man. I got to get on it. Um, I don't have anything lined up besides grilling uh, a steak later and some shrimp, so I might I might take an hour or two to watch a couple episodes. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, this episode was very interesting because we did things a little bit differently because Leo's not here. So hopefully, hopefully, if you're listening to this, I did my job right. <laughs> but with that being said, Sam, what's your plugs and, dude? All right, man. You know, I do an Instagram uh, shout-out every uh, week. Uh, I'm going to do a shout-out here. Uh, I was invited into a chat um, for the last couple of days. I don't know who started the chat. I, could, I, I, if I If I know who started it, I might slap you in the face because I've been getting nonstop fucking notifications about this. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm half kidding there. Um, I'm going to shout-out Junior, the father. Uh, we're in this huge um, chalk line you know, hype beast type of group chat where we're just talking about talk line shit and, and wrestling shit and Jordans and things like that. Um, so he's a good brother. You know what I mean? We've seen him at, uh, you know, uh, the big event, I think it was, uh, where Undertaker was there. Uh, he's a part of this uh, tandem called the Wrestle Bros. Uh, you can go give them a, a follow. Um, you know, big wrestling fans. And, uh, you know, yeah. Shout out to the Russell Bros. Shout out to uh, Junior the Father. And um, you can follow me at Sammy Suplex everywhere. Um, that's everywhere. You know what I mean? That's my, my PlayStation, PSN. That's my uh, Facebook. That's my Instagram. That's my Twitter. Everything. I, I'm going to wind up trademarking that shit down the line. So don't get any, any ideas, you fuckers out there. Um, yeah, follow me at Sammy Suplex, and, and if you live in New Jersey, uh, register to vote this year because uh, on the ballot will be a question about legalizing cannabis, and uh, I hope that you would vote yes uh, to legalize cannabis. Um, so get on that on that uh, registration. You know, you could fill out uh, a ballot via mail. You could uh, register that way, so you don't have to you know go out and potentially catch COVID at, at the polls. You know, and that's the way that our armed service has been, um, you know, voting for years overseas. So there, there's no voter fraud that way. Don't let any kind of dumbass politician make you think otherwise. It's very secure. So register to vote and vote yes on uh, the cannabis question. Wow, that's a lot of information right there, Sam. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of info right there, Sam. With the, with the my longest outro yes of all time. that is your pro your most likely the longest uh outro of all time i i, I am familiar with the wrestle bros um uh, I'm, I'm cool with one of them uh not the one you mentioned the other dude i believe his name is joseph if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong if i if i butcher your name i'm sorry dude but uh i know he's a good brother i'm not too familiar with the other dude but all in all the wrestle bros um you know they're just wrestling fans you know that you know they're all about positive vibes and stuff. So shout out to them. You can find me at Rated R since '87, but make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere: Instagram, Facebook. I don't know if I should say Twitter because I'm not in charge of that, but um, Twitter too, I guess. Follow us on 
SoundCloud, you want to be fancy, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, La Mesta app, LosRadio.com, Stitcher, and Spotify, wherever you get your podcast needs. And that is it. Till next time, people, keep it rated R, and stay too sweet, and don't be a creep. Goodbye! And good night, Ben! <laughs>